Hey y'all, welcome back to our second part for our Fear Street Trilogy review. Thank you for joining us and hopefully you like this episode. Let's just go ahead and get started. But, so I do believe that, that Nick's um, safe Seiji that she's lived on because that's what Nick wanted. That was his will and obviously he sacrificed his soul so he got whatever he wanted. But why didn't he save Cindy if that was, if she's... And Ziggy's sister and Ziggy loved her very much. Maybe he didn't really care for her. He just cared about Ziggy. Yeah, I guess so. Why did That's Ziggy stay living in Shady Side all these years? It's not like the killers could track her anymore. They didn't want her blood anymore, right? No. They wanted somebody else's blood. Because technically, if she was like John John Snow. She died and broke the oath of the Night's Watch and didn't have to go back. His watch ended, so basically, Siggy too. Um, they came after her, they killed her, she died and came back to life. So now, basically, her <laughs> watch ended. Like, her, the killers trying to chase her ended. But I was thinking, like, if she lives in such fear, which, I mean, it's completely valid, her, I would call it, like, PTSD kind of thing. It's valid, but why not move away from Shady Side? It reminded me of, like, the movie It, where it's, it kind of alluded to the people, residents being drawn back to there, to Derry. What was that place called? Derry something? Derry? Yeah. Derry. Not the not vegan dairy, but the regular one. D-E-R-R-Y. <laughs> dairy. Uh, yeah. Okay, so moving on. Yeah, so when before I found out that little good nugget about the fact that Nick saved her because and because, that she survived because Satan gave that gift to Nick of her life, I thought about that that he saved her and she lived on because he knew how to break the curse because he his family and he were kind of the masterminds behind the killings, not Seraphir. Right. So basically, um, he comes from a line of killers. Yeah, they, they, um, hell Satan. Um, so, so basically the good family offers, this was something that I was kind of confused. The good family offers a sacrifice every generation. We know that the oldest son of every family is in charge of this, of sacrificing, carrying on the torch, and Nick is the oldest one. So, he sacrificed twice, Nick. So it's not every generation. Twice? He offered a soul. He offered Tommy Slater in 1978 and then Ryan Torres in 1994. Well, at least two times. He could have put in more. I know, but what's the deal? Like, is there an actual pattern? I want a pattern. I don't know if there is. I think it's just doing it just because... Is that a plot divide? Like, plot hole? No, I think it's doing it because, like, maybe he's trying to get, like, points with the community. I think we're moving the table too much, Phil. So yes, I need to point out something. Nick Good looks like my ex-boyfriend. Is that weird? He looks like my high school boyfriend. That was a long time ago. It doesn't really count. But he looks like him. Um, and I was like, oh, I told Philip, but it was kind of awkward. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go on, Phil. So it was so sad when... The Camp Nightwing killer Tommy comes back into the cabin and kills the pixie girl. She was your favorite, right? Yeah, she brings the hand. 
of that she found <clears throat> Seraphir's hand and basically tells Cindy, her friend and Ziggy's sister, tells them both, like, this is how you break the curse. That's how what they think. You break the curse by burying it next to the body and it's in the hanging tray on camp. And it's not true, unfortunately, but she gets killed. And then Cindy starts stabbing Tommy with a shovel, like hitting him. And it's so sad because she... There's a moment, a brief second, where she remembers him as he was, and now he's just a killer. She decapitates his ass. And then his head grew back. And it grew, and it grew back. Okay, so in 1666, and the after the third one, before jumping into that fully, okay, so now we know that the good family offers a sacrifice. I thought it was every couple of years, like Jeepers Creepers. I, that movie haunted me forever. I had nightmares. Um, but it's not. Okay, so Philip just discovered something. Tell us about Cherry Bomb. So Cherry Bomb did in fact come out in 1976. Oh, so you gave us fake news though. And it was original by the Runaways? Right. Okay, so it is a valid... Um, It was a good for that year. Okay, so moving on. Well, let me let me go on with the good family. So... Philip. So the good family offers a sacrifice to Satan every with every generation, the older son, maybe multiple times. And they get whatever they want. And what about his brother? Well Did he have anything to do well, with it? Well I well maybe Nick could be like, I want my brother to be this and he becomes son. But my thing is they get whatever they want and Nick aims to become a sheriff. A sheriff? You get whatever you want. Satan's like, I will give you whatever. And you say, I want to be a sheriff. What the hell? <laughs> he could have been the president <laughs> or something. Yeah. If I worship Satan, I want to be like Elon Musk or something. What is with it? And his brother's a governor, but they basically... He was the mayor. Oh, he's not a governor? The mayor. Okay. Really? A mayor? God, these goods don't have a high IQ. For real. Like, that was the biggest, like, really, bitch? Like, really? You get whatever you want and all you want to be is a sheriff? That's what he wanted. And earn, like, 60 grand a year? Or what? I don't even know. Probably they earn more. But anyway, that was pretty LOL-ish. But we find, they basically allude that his family gets whatever they want. So I'm assuming, I'm and I wondering whether the brother sacrifices or asks whatever they want. Or Nick sacrifices whoever he wants because he is the oldest. And in turn, he and his family get whatever they want. But I think they all know about the Satan thing, right? Right. Okay, so another thing, Phil. Why would Nick's choose to unleash Tommy Slater as the killer at Camp Nightwing when he and his brother were there too and we find out that they are not entirely uh, immune to getting killed. How is he so sure that he would survive that? He probably didn't. He just wasn't thinking clearly. And remember, he wasn't the one that they were after because he didn't have the blood on himself. Yeah, but if he's running in the woods, random example, and boop, oop, you're, you pop up right here. You're going to get killed if you're in the way of the killer. That's what we find out. So it was a bit convoluted. That same thing. that The thing that we learn in 1666. That the killers. You can avoid the killers. If you are, if they aren't after you. By staying out of their way. Right. 
But then again, if you're like a passer buyer, you're gonna get smacked. But they can come from behind you. True. Is that confusing, or am I looking too much into it? Maybe a little bit too much. So you think he he offered Tommy even though he was in camp just because he was a dumb teenager? Right. We find out his dad died earlier on and told him, like, you're going to basically carry on and do this sacrificial stuff. So he told him, but not his brother. Because he's the oldest. And they say that the oldest. And the oldest male or something. Okay, so another thing... Okay, so I thought all of the gore and the kills were really good. The ending in 1978 was really sad because his sisters died and that was super, like, super sad. I wanted to cry. But another thing, I wish they wouldn't have started the movie off with saying, with Siggy telling the 1994 kids, oh, and by the end of the first week at camp, my sister was dead because it, we kind of know what happens. I wish they wouldn't have said that and then it would have been an even more heart-wrenching good ending not thinking oh they're gonna survive they're gonna survive and bam they don't right right why would they do that i need to write a letter <laughs> <sighs> okay moving on to 1666 it turned out that sarah fear wasn't a witch like we mentioned nor that she was the one responsible for the curse it was a tale as old as time one about lesbian love did you like the twist i liked it about her not being a witch yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan of the third one that much, but... Yeah, I was let down, and you and I love history, and we love witch stuff, like Salem and all that stuff. I thought it, I thought it was just, like, real, like, slow. It just, it just drags. You think so? But half of the, like, the first hour is based on 1666, and the last hour is based present in 1994, time. present time. But, um, what was I going to tell you? Um... I, yeah, I for some reason didn't love the story of 1666 that much. I love lesbians who are all pro-LGBTQ. Let me put that out there. Um, Philip does like Chick-fil-A, though. So, <laughs> so do you. <laughs> Ow! I hit my head. <laughs> okay, in our defense... <laughs> In our defense, our best gay friends gave us the okay to like Chick-fil-A. Because they love Chick-fil-A. They're their best customers. They're their best customers. So, no shade. We love the gays. But we do. We, Chick-fil-A has a mean sandwich. I told you we should buy a, uh, what is it called? A store, a franchise. And put a, a little a little rainbow flag on top and say, Jesus loves gays. How's that? Will you still get customers? Probably not. Yeah, no. It's because we live in Texas. It's super red right here, right? Even Latinos are super red down here. But anyway, <laughs> Philip, you're going to get... Um, now we're going to get a one-star review again. Damn it. But anyway, I like the twist. I like the fact that she was Seraphir wasn't a lesbian. She was just an, a lesbian in love. So basically, tell us what happens. A brief summary of 1666. Go. So, um, typical colonist um, time period. They don't say where. We assume it's Salem, right? It's based off Salem. Or like Eastern? He was. I would say New England. Okay. Go on. 
and there's this strange uh, occurrence that's happening with the town's animals. Mm. I didn't notice that. When I saw it, but I didn't put it together. Uh, for example, there's this pig who kills all their, her little piglets. Wilbur! But tell them what happens, that the 1994 kids... Dean, okay, we missed a point, because then at the end of 1978, we go back to present time, right? And then Dina puts two and two together, and is like, shit, it wasn't Seraphir, because she buries... She finally finds the hand in the hanging tree, which is the mall, right? And then she buries it with a body, which is in the woods, and she brings the hand and the body together of Seraphir, and then she start, her nose starts bleeding. Dina, she's from the lesbian from 1994. And then she has a vision of Seraphir, and she knows the truth. So then we find out that that's how it works. That whoever touches the bones, they have that nosebleed, and they know the truth of Seraphir, the fact that she's not responsible for this curse, the fact that the goods kind of, um, what is it called when they, like, framed her? That's the word. And that's why the killers come after the people that touch the bones because now they know the truth and that could be uncovered. Right? So that's what happens and she realizes that it's Nick Good and tells Josh like, yo, that's him. And they run in the woods and Nick Good starts chasing him. And then she starts having like these weird seizures or something and she becomes Sarah Fear in 1666. It's like they're transported in quotations back in time and she lives in through the eyes of Sarah Fear. Right. But what I think is, it was done for budget reasons. Oh, yeah? Why? It's the same actors. Did you like their actions? Uh, I thought it was okay. A lot of people didn't. I thought it was just okay. Because they had this accent of this type of mixture of English accent and like... I don't know, what people what they think that New Englanders would have had. At that time period. And they've done this before in American Horror Story. And a lot of people didn't hate it. Didn't like it. I didn't mind. I actually liked it. I mean, we don't really know for certain what kind of accent or they would have. Like New Englanders in, in that 17th century. But we can imagine that it was maybe it was not maybe a full-blown accent. English accent that, or British accent. Because it started to dissipate and change while the people were here and moved here to the new world. So, what, what, where were we with the pig? I, I got off. Uh, the curse? Yeah, yeah. I'm eating. Yeah, so there was a curse um, with the, the religious animals. They started going kind of berserk in a way. They always know a ghost. Yes. And so... There's this um, witch hunt sort of going on. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out who it was. And then the next day, there's this preacher in town who becomes a murderer. He becomes possessed. Right. He was the first one. Yeah, he was the first one. He was creepy. So what he did was he gouged out his eyeballs. With a horse, um, what's it called? The one where they clean the hooves? Hooves? Yeah, it was one of those. Because you see him in the beginning doing that thing to the horseshoe, and he, it's the same weapon. And what he did was he got the kids of the town, and he took out their eyeballs too. Ugh. I don't like that. I don't like this eye stuff. And so when the town people discover that, they just see them all in the church. Of course, the guy is still alive. The killer guy. Mm-hmm. 
And so the Dutch people get him. His name was Cyrus something. Miller, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get him and they figure, well, there's a witch here, like put, putting spells on people. Mm-hmm. And so they have this witch hunt. And then Sarah Fear and her friend, um, the one she likes, they go mm-hmm. to this, I guess, this lady who they think is a witch, who's not really a witch. <laughs> Who's and played by Sam, the, 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 the lesbian girl she likes, Sarah right. likes. They're the same two lesbian couples. But by the time they get to her house, um, she's dead. Mm-hmm. So she couldn't be the witch. And then? And then they bump into the actual witch, who they don't know is a witch at the time. Right. And and Sarah Vera thinks that he's the real witch, who's a Solomon Good, thinks that He's like her only friend, right? Are they are they at one point trying to get married or something? No, they're just no? friends. I thought he like wanted her hand or something, or that. But did you notice that Solomon Good, the real witch, is played by Nick Good, adult Nick Good? It's him. I didn't notice from nineteen ninety four. Okay, go on, Phil. Yeah, so um, he's trying to hide her because I think that she's the witch. But in fact, he's the witch. And eventually she discovers, wow, he is the witch because like, she discovers... Um, the caves. The caves. And, and the, the names are on, on the On, on the, the tabernacles. Wall. Right. And so she tries to escape from the caves, but in the process, she loses her hand. He stabs her hand. Ugh, that was gross. He stabs her hand and she, and like, she rips like, it. She gets her hand. Yes, Oy. she uh, rips her hand away. Ooh, gross. So she's there bleeding out. And eventually she stumbles out of the caves. Into the... Back to the village. Yeah. Which leads back through this hole, which is in... Which is in... Back then, 1666, was, like, the church. Right? Yeah. Or the town hall or something. Mm-hmm. And then 1978, it was the bathroom stall. In the camp, and in present day is the mall. What else, Phil? So, he wants to frame her as the witch because he wants to keep himself safe. Mm-hmm. And of yeah. course, they think she's a witch because she's a woman. Yeah, and, and she's, she's a lesbian. Her hand too, and she's yeah. a lesbian too. Yeah. So then, um, she's about to be hung, mm-hmm. her and her friend. Who's played by Sam and Dina. Dina plays the witch. Right. But before they can hang Sam, well, the girl that's supposed to be Sam. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And he's the pastor's daughter. Right. Sarah says that she's not part of it and it's just her. That she put a spell on her Mm -hmm. so that she would be safe. Mm -hmm. And so eventually they hang Sarah. Mm -hmm. And the one that hangs Sarah is the actual witch. Solomon Good, Nick right. Good's ancestor. And so um, the body's there, but her friends come back and put and bury the body somewhere else because they yeah. don't want the body there. Mm-hmm. So then you fast forward to present day. What happens present day? Present day, they put the pieces together. They 1984. Find out, yeah. They find out that, um, that the sheriff is actually the witch, the ancestor of the witch, the yeah. original witch. The one who Ziggy falls in love with in camp. 
Nightwing. See, this is why I need you on this podcast. This is why I rehired you, gave you a second chance. Because you can tell the story. I start talking about aliens and Jesus and Chick-fil-A. And I don't make any sense. But you do and you're just so... I, I don't know what I'm doing. See? Okay, go on. Present day 1994. That's how you do it. You slather them with compliments. Go. So, uh, present day 1994. <laughs> it was during this time when the kids find out that Sheriff Nick Good is actually ancestor of the real witch yeah. sorry not the ancestor but one of the de- one of the de- descendants of the real witch yeah. original witch excuse me and they hatch his plan to lure him into the mall so what they do is they get the blood of Sam who still possesses it during this time and they make a trap it's Dina it's Josh it's Ziggy and it is what is Martin. Martin, right? Josh. Martin? Yeah. But let me interject. They didn't want Sam's blood anymore. They wanted Dina's blood because she was the last one to touch the bones. So they collect her blood and that kind of create this carry blood that Ziggy does back on camp to try to like... This this bucket. And they put some drops of blood in it and they load what uh, those Nerf guns, right? The water guns? Yeah, there you go. I don't know what they're called. And then? Yeah, and then um, the killers come. It's a lot of killers this time. It's so cool. Yeah, it's uh, Ryan. It's the axe guy. The 1920s guy with the gas mask? Yeah, it's him. It's the, the kid with the, with the mask and the bat. Yeah. Ruby it's Lane. Ruby. It is also... Tommy Slater, the Nightwing killer. Yeah, him. And I think there's one more. Uh, Ryan Torres, the Grim Reaper. Yes, him. Mm-hmm. So oh, and the, the milkman, the yeah. one that likes, likes to like people. Yeah, so all the killers come back, and because Nick fell into the trap, mm-hmm. they all go after him. Let me stop you right there. You did a fantastic job. You're the hand of the king. I'm the king, and you're the hand. But yeah, let me stop you there because... Okay, so we find out in 1994 that Ziggy and Nick are not together. You know, they fell in love in camp. They were like, what, 15, 14? I don't know. And he, and when she, she, he brings her back to life and she's in the, on the, like the gurney. What is it called? That, the bed? That's what it's called, gurney? That she tells him, like, it was a witch. She did that. You believe me, right? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then they, the sheriff comes and he's like, they all went crazy. And they don't have a relationship after Ziggy reveals to the 1994 kids that she never forgave Nick for that. The fact that she he, she never believed him and all of that. So they don't have a relationship at all. But she, at one point in 1994, present day, contacts Nick. Ziggy does. And tells him, it's like, you know, we need your help. Go over to her house. And Nick leaves a little post-it note saying, it's happening again. What are you doing? He's doing a dance. And then they meet at the mall. They hatch this plan to lure Nick. But I love the way they trap the killers. They basically squirt blood all over, like in a pattern on the floor and the killers come they like regenerate or reappear and they follow the blood and they go they put them in the in different stores one in each store and then they put down the chain link fence thing was that really realistic to keep them in there like they couldn't pull it up or break through it like a mall you know the mall stores have that thing you pull down when you close them i think it's just short term but then I think I think it was after that where they put like the blood on each other. Yeah, 
And they, they lure them in there. And, you know, Martin is scared. He's the African-American guy who works at the mall who was framed by Nick. We know he's a little bitch. He's, like, racist and, like, tries to frame him and put Martin, you know. I think. I don't know. Maybe he's not. But anyway, they lure them in there. And Siggy's, like, stay out of their way. So she knows. She's, like, she tells Josh and Martin, like, this is a plan. This is the plan. And he hold on to this rope, stay on the side of the store glass, and don't move. They will walk right past you. I thought that was fascinating. And they're all scared. I love that Martin, like, closes his eyes and freezes as a milkman passes by. Like, oh, shit. And he passes by, and then he's like, oh. Like, he didn't touch him. So that was fascinating. And, um, but then, and they close, so they capture them and, like, enclose him in the stores. And then Nick comes in. It gets really quiet, and Martin's like, Yo, why is it so quiet? And Ziggy's like, it's because he's here. So basically, there is some sort of thing because he kind of calms the killers down, no? His presence? A little bit. But then, so Ziggy stands at the entrance of the mall with the carry bucket, you know, ready to pull the little thing on Nick, filled with, um, I guess it's like some sort of paint and Dina's blood because Dina is the one that the killers want. So they want to cover Nick in that blood and have the killers go after him and kill him because he's the one, like if he dies, they all, that's it. The curse breaks, supposedly. Let me see if this is recording. Yes, it's recording. So then Nick comes in, he look, looking all asshole, like mean. And then he says, see, sis. See Siggy for the first time since 19, what, I'm assuming 1978 or something. And he automatically changes. Like his gaze changes, his eyes change, his demeanor changes. And he's like, Siggy, like, what do you, and he has like, it was a great scene. It could have been a great scene, Philip, because he changes completely. Like he's all angry and like, ah. And then he sees her for the first time in so long and he just like changes and he's like, Siggy, what are you doing here? And he has this like, Doe-eyed look on his face. And Siggy's like, tag your it. The adult Siggy. And covers him in blood. And then they unleash the killers. They race up the store. What is it called? The store? The shutters. The shutters. And they come towards him. God, can we talk about how bad of an actress adult Siggy is? She was so bad. Oh my gosh. First of all, she does not look anything like... Like the girl from Stranger Things. That girl is a cutie. And she's really good. She's a really good actress. The redhead. Her name is Sadie. Sadie Sink. I googled her. But the adult Ziggy. I don't know her name. The actress. But she's so bad. She doesn't look anything like Ziggy. I was so disappointed in the casting. And then that scene could have been so good. Like it was good. Because even the guy was like bringing it. You know what I mean? He was like... Siggy, what are you doing here? Like, all like, oh, oh, I forgot I'm in love with you. And they show flashbacks of them together in Camp Nightwing where they're in love. And she's just like, tag your it. Like, there's like nothing there on her part. She just like shits on it. It's like, fuck. So what I think is during that time, she could have killed him there. And that, that would have been it. That too. She could have. She could have just known him. When he like stabs Daenerys and kills. <laughs> it always goes back to Game of Thrones. And truthfully, but that could have been, and I wish there was more dialogue. There could have been some sort of closure. You know, he is an asshole. He was a bad guy. He worships the devil, literally. And he basically made her life hell. He betrayed her, um, ruined her. But it could have been 
a closure, more dialogue, more something, uh, something juicy to close it out. And and the, there was nothing on the writer's part. I wish Ziggy would have said something else. But then with that actress, gosh, she was so bad. She was so bad. But anyway, that's my rant with that. What happens after he gets covered in Carrie blood? So the kills go after him. Uh, he gets injured. But he manages to escape. He does. Through that little um, underground tunnel that is attra- attached to the mall. Meanwhile, the killers are on the loose now. They are. And so Dina goes after Sheriff Nick. Yeah, she sees them and she chases them into the caverns. Mm-hmm. And it and and I love that uh, you were talking about it briefly that the other kids stay at and Martin. He's like the adult. He he works at the mall, right? Um, they shoot the killers. They shoot each of the killers with blood, so they kill each other. That was pretty cool. That was super cool. Yep, but then. <laughs> <laughs> they they all come back to life. They do. They it takes them a little bit, but they regenerate and they come back to life. Basically, are the killers ghouls, Philip? Yes. What is a ghoul? Think of like a zombie, except they have they have thoughts. Do they have thoughts? Yes. No, and these killers. They're not decomposed. They they're not what decomposed. Zombies are decomposed. But these don't have. They don't have thoughts like that they're right? able to think though like how give they're me able an to example track down, they're able to because they just followed the blood still they let them make traps how give me an example of them doing that well they're able to use teamwork too again how like in the first one the these the killers what did they do in the first one that like traps in the grocery store? I don't remember. It's okay. Next time. <laughs> no. When, like, Ryan, where he, like, put her through the meat grinder? Is that, like, a wishful thinking kind of? Maybe. Maybe you're right. You know what I found it really weird? Um, that they cannot teleport. Why would they? They cannot teleport. They cannot run really fast. Super speed. Um, so they walk. Do you think they take Uber? Maybe. <laughs> if they were to pay for it. They walk to... They follow the blood and they just walk, right? Or run. They do run, like, um, Nightwing runs. But, I mean, can you evade the killers forever? If you were the one they're after, I feel like you could. You're on an island. Think about this. Would they be as dangerous if they didn't have weapons? No, but, I mean... No, but even the weapons they do have, they're not that dangerous. Because you can have you carry a gun and they don't have guns. If they had guns, it would be a whole nother thing. And if you have a gun, you can shoot them, they regenerate, but it gives you time to leave. And obviously you can get in a car and run away and drive and drive from place to place and evade them forever. So what do you think of all that? Yeah, but still, it's better just to just just to break the curse. Okay, so continuing with the plot of 1666, the last hour is in present day. So Dina follows Nick Good into the caverns. They have it out again. And then Sam goes loose after they have her tied. Oh, baby, you hit the the table. 
after they have her tied and she's basically the chosen one now like so basically nick good was an extra bitch that he basically offered her sam right after all the trouble he basically offered her to satan and she was going to be so he sacrificed three people in his one lifetime right so Sam goes after Dina because she has the blood of Seraphir and wants to kill her. But so she kind of broke that possession because she's trying to strangle Dina and she's like, it's me. And she reacts like, oh, it is you and stops. So what's with that plot twist, plot hole? Possibly. So how does Nick Good die? Uh, he gets killed by Dina. I think, he, I think he gets shot. No, he gets stabbed. Stabbed in the eye. They basically, Seraphir comes to life in the form of Jean, of Dina, like kind of takes over her body a la Blade Runner with Joy and the prostitute. If you've seen Blade Runner 2049, which it's an amazing movie. But, um, so she stabs him and then everything, you know, that bubble thing that was emerging and beating and where the killers would come from. It was like the beating heart of what the devil or something. Um, it, it, it disperses, and just when the other kids in the mall were gonna try to get, they were about to get killed, the killers vanish forever. And Nick Good dies, the lineage ends, and his brother gets killed too, Phil. Because remember, they emerge in his mansion, in the mayor's mansion, and then the mayor Who gets does? run over, um, Dina and Sam at the end of 1666, and then the mayor gets run over by a garbage truck, I think. I don't remember that part. It, you weren't paying attention. Okay, so that's how it ends, and they break the curse. But at the very end credit scene, we see the book in the caverns, the devil's book, I don't know what it's called, and it gets stolen by somebody. So meaning, kind of alluding to the fact that the killings will go on and on. Who takes that book, Phil? I don't know. Maybe the next killer? Who could it be, though? Who knows about it? Josh? Let's stop. Does Nick Good might... Is it a possibility that he has a daughter or the mayor has a daughter uh, or, uh, or a son that survives the good family and carries on and is the one responsible for stealing the book? I don't think so. Oh, God. You're low energy already. You're, like, tired. Really, Phil? But you're still playing Pokemon. Okay, so what is the gnarliest kill? In the, all three. I would say in the second one. Which one? Camp Nightwing. Yeah, when he when he kills the fat kid. Aw, but that was so sad. That's why. Because he kills a little chubby kid, uh, Sam, and, and he's like, Counselor Tommy? And he, like, smacks him. Whacks him with the um, axe a couple of times. More than a couple of times. That's really sad. The 19th, That's the gnarliest kill to you. I think the gnarliest kill for me was 1994 um, when Kate... The Filipino girl, when she gets put through the... Um, Grinder? Yeah, the slicer. The ham slicer? Cherokee slicer? I don't know. Meat. There Dairy you meat. go. Meat slicer. Dairy slicer. Because it's really well put together, that scene. Because, you know, she's on there and he's pushing her. And the way she's acting, it's really good. And it's it takes a while for him to put her through it. And you're thinking, oh, something's going to happen that she's going to get saved. You know, typical movie. Where she's not going to die. He's not going to kill her. And then she does. And it's gnarly as fuck. I love it. What about the lamest kill? I would say... Probably Nick's kill. Sheriff Nick. You just get stabbed in the eye. 
Yeah, I kind of wanted Ziggy to kill him. A tragic love story. But with that that actress again, Jesus, she was so bad. The, the adult Ziggy. Ugh, she wasn't even a redhead. Where were the freckles and exactly. the green eyes? Where was Jessica Chastain when we needed her? What was the, okay, the coolest kill? No, 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 no. The coolest killer. Which one was your favorite? Um, maybe Ryan? Ryan Torres was the coolest killer. Why? I don't know. Maybe just the aesthetic. I feel like the coolest killer might have been the 1920s one, the one with the gas mask, and all of them were really cool because they were so creepy. They were weird, and I love that they are dressed in the time period when they died, and they're just, like, kind of own that. Like, I like the 1920s uh, gas mask killer, the, the little kid that was creepy with a bat. That was fucking creepy. And then Ruby Lane, I love. She was from the 1960s. Yes. And she's like super cool. And then I think my favorite, jeez, oh, the milkman was really creepy too. I think my favorite might be I'm gonna say Tommy Slater. Okay, so, so yeah, okay, we got through that. Sam was chosen as the newest killer by Nick Good, so that dude sacrificed three souls. That's a lot of sacrificing, and he's still sheriff. He died being a sheriff. Why not this? I wish, okay, like if they, like he, he held Satan, right? Why not wish to be like immortal and not die? Maybe he didn't want that. Bam. Oh, okay. Okay, so why doesn't Nick Good unleash the killers in a neighboring town where he is not nearby and cannot be killed by being accidentally in the way? Maybe there's some um, a limit to, to what he can do and where he can do it. Maybe you're right. Oh, fine. Are the killers really that dangerous? Oh, we went over that because you said. Would you think they would be that dangerous? Are they that dangerous? Um, they probably wouldn't be as much. Without gun, without weapons. Without weapons. What about with weapons? Would you be able to evade them forever? Um, you probably have to be on the run forever. <laughs> you could be in a car and you evade them. Exactly. You probably have to be on the run. Well, it's not that bad. That's what I think of The Walking Dead. Like, I stopped watching after season three. Phil's still an avid fan. God, that, that, that show's so boring and so bad. There's too many episodes and too many seasons. <laughs> He's giving me the side eye right now. But that's what I've thought. Like, yo, why don't they get the hell out of there? Go to Alaska or an island. Out of the quiet place. You didn't see that one. But I did. That is it. Not the second one. No. Okay, so Ziggy manages to outrun them forever but then we find like i mentioned they're not after her anymore because she died her watch ended a la john snow so that's that so let's remember wait what am i doing okay let's get that okay so 1994 i wrote this is from my notes phil it says that you said that every time si Simon, that's his name, my favorite character, nineteen ninety four, the guy, the one that he's like, y'all in a pound town, me too. So him. So every time he stumbles on the horns, that's when a new killer is created. But Ryan Torres becomes the what? I I think I meant to put Sam. I don't know what I put. Disregard that, guys. Okay, so my favorite part. Let's see. Favorite parts, Phil. When Simon masturbates in the bathroom. 
<laughs> That's your favorite part. That's my favorite part because he's all like feeling himself and he's like in 1994 and and the tidy whities it reminds me when you're like in the mirror kind of like measuring. What? <laughs> measuring your, your arms and stuff like that and you're always, you're like, do my arms look good? Do they look big? It's so funny. Is that, should I cut this out? You want to. Do you want me to? It's up to you. I don't. So, yeah, that's my favorite part. And then he goes like, oh, y'all went to pound town. And he's like, me too. Ah. Like, he almost does this, like, little laugh. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so stupid. I love it. Uh, I lost my place. Well, let me see. Okay, what was your favorite part? Let's see, my favorite part. Yeah. I would say in the first part, we're in the school, getting the things ready. Um, For the plan? The trap. That was your favorite part. My favorite part was, you know what? 1994 was really good too. I love that grocery store stuff, the sequence. So I'm going to say that. That was my favorite. Um, What was your least favorite part? Least favorite? I would say the third movie, like the first half. I wish they would have done more, like with the killer. They just kill him. Exactly. And he does not regenerate. Why didn't he regenerate like everybody else? I don't know. That's a that's a plot hole. Like, because he was human when he gouged his eyes out, and the other kids, then the you know, um, that one guy, which is a real witch, stabs him with a pitchfork or whatever, and he doesn't regenerate later on. Plot hole. Okay, so Phil, we're almost finished. What could have been done differently? What do you wish would have been done differently? I don't know. I wish they would have maybe like given more back backstories to the killers. Right? They should do like a little mini series, all American Horror Story, and each episode called Fear Street. Um, I don't know, killers, and each of them be an episode about how they became the killer and like their life. That's so cool, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I wonder. Okay, so the first killer was Cyrus Miller, the pastor. And then the last one was Ryan. But yeah, I like that too, I think. What could have been they've done differently, my opinion, um, get a better actress for Ziggy, adult Ziggy in present day 1994. I She was a terrible actress. Sweet. No, she was really bad. Um, what could have been done differently, maybe... Again, 1666. It was a bit of a letdown. I don't know why. I thought it was a bit... I don't know. Like, I haven't seen... I've seen that one, like, once or twice. And and when I've seen it more than... Two, I think that... I've seen it once entirely. And then the other times I've seen it, I skip all the way to present day, the last hour, where they try to kill Nick Good. Um, because I find that more interesting. I don't know why. And again, I we love history. So it, it was weird why I wasn't super into it. What else could have they done differently? Um, answer those tiny little questions that I had like a plot hole or like I couldn't figure out. Um, so yeah, to end this, who you don't know? You don't know who took the book at the end? No. Who could have taken the book? You know what? I was reading on. I think it might have been Twitter or somewhere on the internet, like I do, because I don't have anything else going on. Um, and somebody pointed out a theory that it might be the girl that Josh always talks to on the internet. Maybe. Don't sound too excited, Philip, because we're almost finished. 
So I think maybe it is her. What if she's related to the goods? That's another thing, Phil. Can anybody offer sacrifices to, or it has to be the good? I think it has to be them. Or it has to be related. So now that they're all gone, that we know of, can a stranger grab the book and hail Satan? I would say kind of yes. I don't know. I think it has to be something there. Hmm. Related to good. Yeah. So it was all in our fate. It was in the story, too, like in the title, 1666-666. And we didn't figure that out. So a lot of things I didn't, I missed on the first time seeing the movies. They're really good. I do recommend them. What would you rate them, lastly? What would you rec- rate 1994, 1 through 10? 9. In 1978. 8. And 1666. 6, 7. I would rate 1994 maybe like an 8.5. 78 I would rate it a 9.5 because it's my favorite. I don't know why. I like the campiness of it. I really like 1994. I thought it was super cool too. 1666 I'd rate it like a seven and that's because the last hour in present day kind of was pretty good but i do think the way nick was killed was kind of lame in a way i wish it would have been ziggy um but yeah anyway that's it for now sorry for the long episode hope you like it watch the show and hopefully we can come back with other episodes i can convince phil to be with me here so anything anything else phil All right, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Say bye-bye.